Alrighty guys, welcome back to Evolution and Integration. Stoked to have you, stoked to be back on the podcast grind. If you haven't listened to my recent episode about kind of the restart of this and what's going to happen, what I'm going to talk about and what's been going on with my life recently here at Austin, Texas, go to the last episode, uh, check that out. You will not be disappointed. And it'll give you just some updates on what's going on and why I'm doing this cool stuff here. And if you're new to evolution and integration, it'll give you a little framework of why I created this, how it's kind of transitioned, and where to go from there. So on this episode, I'm going to be interviewing, interviewing my good friend, Mark Holman, who is a men's health and wellness coach. Uh, he's transformed his coaching over the um, you know the last several years. He is a phenomenal coach. He is an amazing human. He's here in Austin, Texas, and I love hanging out with him. He's a great guy. And it, it was a pretty cool episode. We talked about a lot of you know rad things around sports play. He has a coaching program called Revival, and, and a little part of that is these 11 laws of a life unchanged. And I don't want to spoil any of it, but they're pretty good. I think it's a good little you know, way to categorize, okay, how am I hitting these 11 things? Which ones do I want to work on? And we talk about that in the episode. So check it out. Listen, you can watch this on YouTube if you're just listening to this on a podcast. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the episode. Alrighty, brother. Mark Holman, how are we doing? Good, good. Excited for this, man. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, all right, brother. So tell me about this, this Life Unchained. Tell me about these 11, I want to say, yeah, are, they, are they laws? Yeah, I said 11 laws of Life Unchained. Okay. So for what what is Life Unchained? So there's all, like in the modern day, there's tons of, I like to think of them as invisible chains that are holding people back. So like you can go through the list of like, you know, poor, poor health, poor nutrition, societal expectations, trauma, childhood trauma, all these things that you might, they're not like physical things holding you down, but they are stopping you from achieving like your highest potential. And so the way that I look at it, it's we're cutting all of these chains in order to get to like max potential, which is what I call life unchained. That's kind of the idea. Okay. I got it. Yeah, man. I was, um, yesterday after my hockey game, kind of prepping, prepping for this podcast, I was, I was just kind of going through, um, your Instagram highlight that I was looking at them all. And I was like, damn, man, this is a pretty good, uh, you know, summary, different aspects of your life where you could maybe pick a few and work on them for a little bit and then just, you know, kind of decide, uh, you, Mark, you, Mark is a, Mark is a coach. Mark, what, what would you say your title is? Um, I usually just tell people holistic health. All right, cool. That's, that's, that's broad, but it's like specific enough. Like yeah, you, holistic health plus life. Yeah. Are you working with, uh, more men than women, women than yeah. men? Yeah. More yeah men. Pretty much just men. Only men. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's women. I feel like do more coaching than guys do. So mm -hmm. it, in my experience, at least it seems like, unless you're very niched from when you start that a lot of guy coaches end up working with women a lot in the beginning yeah. because it's them who want to sign up for personal training or health coaching. Uh, and then, you know, many kind of realize if that's the path they want to go down. I mean, no, I, I know guys that only coach women. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. And yeah, I was just, I really also like how you've been doing your stories recently 
with like, you'll, you'll put you know, a certain aspect of you doing something. And then you kind of have that little, yeah. that, that little, little clip of like the, the little unchained thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to read them off and then I want to ask you some questions about them. So these are these 11 laws of life unchanged. We have heal, breathe, move, recover, challenge, learn, nourish, sun, sweat, connect, and play. So, so first, what is, what, 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 like, what does challenge mean to you? Why is, why did that, you know, why yeah, did you include that? That one is a little bit of like, you know, you wouldn't expect it maybe. But in the, in the sense of like <clears throat> working with men, I think that challenge and that competition is like a huge piece of masculinity and just like being a man, like doing hard shit that it's also like kind of tied into to, in towards testosterone and dopamine. So like doing hard stuff like cold plunges, competing, like for me, it's playing soccer, playing high level soccer that like makes me feel really good. Yeah. Like as a man, as a man, that's like that, like hockey for you. Like mm -hmm. I don't like as an athlete, there's, there's nothing that kind of compares to that feeling of like, just, you know, really going for it, like leaving everything out there and just, yeah. Like doing that hard thing to me, that makes me feel like, like a man and like, like I'm doing what I, what I should be doing essentially. That makes sense. No, no, it definitely does. Um, you know, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more like on maybe some other aspects of challenge outside of sport, but I totally, um, I totally see that. Like for me personally, I think I might take it maybe to an extra level in my own hockey, but yeah. it's kind of interesting when you said that I was kind of thinking about my game last night and like, I see that in other people. Like you see the grit, you see people like, like, why are these people at 10 o'clock at night just giving their absolute all and right. like going so hard, going so hard that they have to get off the ice in 45 seconds because they're just dying on it. Right. And yeah. I do think that it is, um, you know, this is still open to women. It's not like women can't do this, but I think there is something innately about men and like fighting on the battlefield with your right. guy friends and like, giving it all for yourself, but also for this greater good of the team. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very interesting. It's funny in ice hockey. So there's this term called back checking, which is essentially, you know, you're in the offensive zone, you're trying, you're, you're close to scoring. And then the other team gets the puck and now they are, they're on the break. They are quickly, you know, coming across your side of the ice. And then for us as defensemen, you are kind of the, the, the people who are defending. And then yeah. there are people who are back checking the forwards who are kind of down in their zone and they are coming back. And it's really funny because the people who don't back check, there are forwards that will back check hard because we need that help. We need them to pick up this, what we call the high guy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's people that bring the puck in and then there's these trailers that will kind of stay wide open and they typically score the goals if they're left open. Yeah. So you need a back checker to come. And it's, it's interesting to see the people who don't back check. And then also the people who like other people's reaction toward that, because it's kind of like, Hey man, like you'll skate hard when you have the puck, but you yeah. won't skate hard when you, when you have to help everyone else out. Right. And it, and mm -hmm. it, I relate it to like, okay, like how would this, how would this react in like our primal um, like warfare things. It's like, oh, it's so like you're not willing to like with the Spartans to cover my side, right? Right. Like in the yeah. the Greek and the the phalanxes, like you have to 
in order for it to work correctly, you have to depend on the man to your left or your right to cover your side. And I think that like this challenge, just giving it your all, like you said, in soccer, like it feels so good. Like we miss, we miss yeah. out on that, especially in like the physical exertion. I think this also plays, um, I mean, I, the, you know, this is kind of the broader aspect of the challenge thing. I think you would agree is like, it's also mental challenge. It's also like discipline yeah. and like, mm-hmm. you know, the reward that you get from doing hard things is, you know, it is very rewarding, but it's, you know, it's hard to achieve. And you know, all these people that we look up to in life, like they, they have done this hard stuff. Like you listen to them in interviews, it, like life isn't easy for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And even though some people are like, Oh yes. Like I'm just going with all the way and I'm just doing everything yeah. like, man, like, I mean, as much as maybe there's some people like that, that you really look up to, but at least in, in, in like the, the man, I was about to say the manosphere. That's a thing, not what we're talking about. But <laughs> yeah. in, man, in in guys, in, in yeah. successful guys, they're like, yeah, man, you got to put in the work. You got to grind. Like, exactly. You got to yeah. do tough stuff. That's what it's worth. So, yeah, that, that's like the, in order to achieve cool shit, like you have to do stuff that maybe you don't want to do or stuff that's hard. And that's like, that's where the challenge comes in. Because to me, like, I don't think anyone here on earth came to just like, you know, mosey through life and not really achieve anything or accomplish anything great. Like we're all here for a reason. And in order to get to that ultimate reason, like you have to do some hard shit. Yeah. Okay. So then how, how does like, let's talk about play. How does play kind of come into that? Yeah. So that's like the counteraction of the challenge. (laughs) Like we're here to do like big things. Like it's all serious. (laughs) And that's like, okay, but really like, don't take life so seriously. Like, we're still like, it's life, you know, we're going to have fun too. It's not all grind, 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 go, go, go. It's like, you know, take some steps back, really enjoy, you know, enjoy your life because at the same time, like, yeah, we're maybe here to accomplish some things and make the world a better place, but also like, let's have fun doing it. Right. Like that's the whole point. There's no point to do all these cool things, but if you're not enjoying it or if you don't have time to kind of counteract that, then to me, like, you know, well, that's not really worth it. Yeah. Agreed. And I also think that like, I, I'm sure you would agree in your soccer games and in my hockey games, you're still playing. Like we're still yeah. having a lot of fun, but it's almost, you're challenging yourself. Like to me, I back, ch- I try to back check harder than anyone else. And that's just a challenge to myself. Like there, like there's literally no one else that is telling me to do it. It's just me being like, I gave like last night, I literally like didn't back check once and they scored. And I was like, Dude, I literally thought to myself, like during it, mm-hmm. I like literally was like, it's okay to give up there. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, that was it. <laughs> I literally gave up. That was it. Like, yeah. uh, bad, bad move, Matt. And that's like, you know, it's whatever. You know what I mean? We can get yeah. us anyways. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at, uh, the end of the, at the end of the day, it's, it's, that's also, it's also a game. And, you know, yeah, you know. exactly. Um, so you're kind of balancing those aspects. But yeah, man, play is so important. Like, I, I personally think, like a really powerful question. And I kind of learned this type of questioning from, um, Paul check, which I know you're familiar with is like, when was like asking people, you know, a lot of people that are maybe are stuck in this go, 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 or, you know, it's just everybody. Um, but like, when was the last time you did something you enjoyed when you were a child or more so just asking the question of like, what did you do as a child that absolutely lit you up? And it's like, Oh my God. Like I love like, playing like for me it was like 
being in nature and like interacting with like animals and like bugs mm-hmm. and things like that, <laughs> but just being outside in like the dirt and, and, that. Yeah. and it's like, man, exactly. I love that now too. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? How's that play? Into yeah. This? I mean, that's, that kind of relates to me. Like I'll, my go-to is usually like sports, but then you said that thing about the dirt and I had this vivid flashback of me. We had this little, like, it wasn't a sandbox. It was like a dirt box. And I had all my little, like, um, they're not maybe Tonka, you know, like the Tonka trucks, like yeah, the little yeah, small yeah. ones. Like, yeah, that's it. I had bulldozers. <laughs> I had like the one, the back hose and I would just be in the dirt, just like using them, building shit. I remember a big thing that we re- I really like to do was like make a volcano and do like the um, vinegar and baking soda, right? Oh and yeah, it just, like, yeah, explodes, right. And then like yeah. and we put like red food coloring in it sometimes. <laughs> so just like yeah, like shit like that. So like being outside, you know, being in the dirt, um, just playing around with friends. Like a lot of the times, and this is like interesting for the the generations that have come after us where they don't really have this like i think we were the last generation where we really like had that neighborhood like crew of just like running around the neighborhood and like getting it getting up to like stupid shit or like going to a field and playing football that was that was a big thing for me you know you just it would be a weekend or in the summer you just like someone would come over and knock on your door and you just you'd go off and do some random shit yeah, you know what? That is really interesting. Like, I mean, me and you don't have kids, and I haven't been around a lot of kids in my life. Um, I'm starting to now, especially with the Sapien Center. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're right. I don't even, like, see, like, sandboxes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Probably seems it's, like they're not really selling a lot of those anymore. Yeah, but, like, the, that is, is kind of weird, market. right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I remember everyone had them growing up. Like everyone had yeah, like, like swing sort of, sets and like yeah. jungle gyms and shit like that. Yeah, I had one in my backyard. I was on that a lot too, like doing swings and then just like trying to jump I, as high as I can. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I'm sure. Too. I'm sure people are building them. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, they still exist, but like I don't know. I think the big thing is like the iPad, the phone has replaced a lot of that because it's so easy. Like, and I'm not like shaming parents or anything, but I understand. Like, it's so yeah. easy to just like give your kid when they're asking for something or being annoying or whatever, just like here, take the iPad and shut up and go do this. So it's like, yeah, I think that's like a big thing that's taking over, uh, like the, the coming generations in terms of like, like that play and that, that community, like how do they, what is their relationship with these things? And it feels like different than what we grew up with. And we're kind of in the generation where we grew up that way, but also like we're, we're fully in it now. And we can, we can see that contrast. Yeah. Like we literally were the last generation to like play with physical things. And we, we had the first iterations. It's kind of interesting to talk with people who are like five to 10 years older because they were like, I grew up with like Game Boys and and things like that. And, but they were like adults when those things came out. Like we were like the kid generation, yeah. Kind of working like through. We were like, right. We were just like right with it the whole time. Like we started with the you know physical play, and then also like I was super into video games and Game Boys. Like there'd be times where, yeah, I'd be on the N sixty four or Super Nintendo for like a long time. Yeah, exactly. But hmm. also, my my mom would be like, "All right, like go outside and go play with your friends." And I'm like, "Okay, fine, I'll go do that." So I had both. Like we were yeah. the generation that had both. And yeah, this you're new right. generation, I feel like it you know, is skewed towards the like virtual play or whatever. Yeah. And it's also like, 
I also think that the virtualness of it too is kind of worry. It's kind of crazy because like the virtual play that we were doing was like very very analog. Yeah. Whereas like what they're doing now is like I also think it's like more of like uh, I think it's more of the actual modality. Like an iPad is just a, a tablet with tap all over it. Whereas we're using like N64 controllers. Like what even was that thing, dude? Like, it was yeah, like all over weird, the place. Yeah, it's shape. like weird. And you're doing it all with your hands, right? But yeah. with an iPad, you just like kind of hold it and it's all touchscreen. I, I personally think that that actually makes a, a kind of a weird difference. I don't mm. know. Um, yeah, Maybe. and then you had like the, the Game Boys that didn't that have lighted backgrounds. So you had to like literally plug in a light to it. Yeah, like a reading light that. on a Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then you had to you had to plug in the cords in order to like connect them with each other to battle with your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's good funny. Old days. All right. Yeah, the good old days. Lots of play. <laughs> um, okay, let me look at this list. Let me see which one, which other one. Let's talk about. Um, I don't know what other ones. What what other big ones have you been like? Kind of. I don't know if you want, I don't know struggling with, but you know, messing around with exploring. Yeah. I mean, I think the, they're not really in any particular order except number one, like number one, I feel is the biggest one and that's heal. So mm, like, okay. That's just, that's the thing, right? Like if you, you can do all these other ones, like breathe, move, recover, all that stuff, you can optimize that. But if you don't like go inward and heal, you're always, you're always going to be, you know, hitting that, hitting that ceiling. And so that, yeah, just the healing, and that's something that I've been doing, you know, really looking into since the years, I mean, for a long time, but like really, really diving into, diving into specific aspects since the new year of just like, so for me, I'm trying to heal my relationship with like success and like what that actually is because, and it's been really impacting me because maybe like two years ever since I started this business, I've like, you know, all I ever want is like success. Right. And so I'm learning to like really look at the fact that maybe what I thought that I was going to get, maybe I won't get that. And really like sitting with the feelings of, you know, what, whether that's like fear, um, you know, shame or guilt or whatever comes up, like not, pushing it away and just being like, okay, no, no, like I'm definitely going to achieve this. I'm not going to feel these negative things because I know deep down in my heart, like I'm going to get there. And I think that's what's been kind of, you know, holding me back a little bit. So really getting to a place where I feel the fear, I feel whatever I need to feel, breathe with it, and then just let that go, surrender to it. And that, I think that's been really pivotal. Just we're 19 days in, I'm already feeling like way more aligned with what I'm doing the highs and the lows aren't as like, you know, very, very high or very, very low in like split second. I'm more even keel because those emotions, let's just use fear again. Fear comes in. I've sat with that and I understand like, okay, I've surrendered it. So it's not as impactful when it comes up. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I've seen this. I know what this is. And so, yeah, really just like sitting with those emotions letting those emotions come up, not repressing them, not, not pushing them away, feeling them and then letting them, you know, go on their way. And that's been the big thing for me kind of recently. Okay. Two things. One. So like, 
I'm trying to figure out how you, I, I, I think, I feel like I, you skipped a little step and that's okay. Cause I'm going to hear the siphon it out. So you, you kind of sat with, okay, I had this really big lofty goal and maybe because mm-hmm. I was reaching so hard for something that, that maybe you like, you've come to terms with maybe that's not really that reasonable. More, more so just like, not that it's reasonable, but just like the fact that I might just not achieve that. Mm. And like sitting with that darkness, sitting with that shadow and not just like being like, you know, positive mindset. We get into personal development. It's all like think positive thoughts because you'll manifest that. Don't think negative thoughts because then that'll become like your reality. Yeah. So my go-to was that was like, no, okay. Fear is coming up. Get that out. Like, let's, let's, oh no, we're focusing on this, this goal. We're going to achieve this. Just keep working. Now it's like, be okay with the fact that you might not, you might never achieve it and just becoming okay with that. Not, and I'm not saying like, I'm okay with not achieving it. Like I still want it and I still am moving forward, but there's less of that like negative emotion, negative energy attached to it. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, so have have your goals in relation to success changed? No, not really. Okay. Okay. So it's more of just sitting with the idea of like, Hey, like how do I actually think about, so it's like more, it's more so dealing with the emotions around failure of that goal. Whereas before it was like, no, this is never going to happen. I'm, I'm just going like, I'll definitely get this thing positive. Like Mm -hmm. there's no room for these negative thoughts. And now you're like, okay, like these negative thoughts are here, repressing them and suppressing them is leading to spillovers in other areas of my life that maybe I haven't come to terms with. And then you become conscious of it and you're like, okay, where is this coming up? And you're like, Oh, okay. I think I, I think I see where it's spilling over from. And it's because of this repression of fear of shame of guilt of not achieving this success. Right. And then now you're like, okay, well, why don't I like, why don't I actually deal with like my thoughts around failure around this and coming to better terms with this, sitting with this longer, whether that's meditation or breath work, or just like being thoughtful around it. Right. You are having a better relationship with success. Yeah. That's it. A hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, dude, you know, I really, I personally, I struggled with that too, with coaching. Um, I, I don't think I'm meant to be a coach. I have a, I had a, have an interesting relationship with that. I really think I'm good at teaching mm-hmm. and I think I'm good at like almost consulting. This is how I actually view it. I'm good at teaching people who show up to the events or show up like, like, for instance, I think of it as when I was a teacher at Penn State, or I was teaching um, group exercise classes, or when I host events here at the Sapien Center. It's like I'm good at teaching people who want to show up. Yeah. I start to have negative. I don't. Yeah, I guess like I negatively react, or maybe I don't get energized when I have a long term. You know, like it was like every two or three months into a coaching thing, I felt like I was babying the person. And then I resented Mm. not wanting to work with them because they were paying my bills. I don't know how I would have felt towards it if 
if I was financially very successful and then there was this coaching gig on the side, I probably would have been a lot more real with them and just been like, listen, dude, like you say you want to do this and I'm just tired. Like, why is this not working? If you don't want to work with me, cool. Like I'm done, like come to the Mm -hmm. table. You know what I mean? But, but I was in, in that spot. I was, I needed their money. They were paying me good money and I needed it. So it was like, wow, I really don't want to do this. And you know, coaching is like very draining, like in order to like, not, the way I viewed it, I, I guess I really haven't thought about it like this, but the way I viewed it was like, if I didn't show up for them a hundred percent, it's very easy to tell. Like it's, it's really easy to tell when you're in a coaching session and the person is just like not there, mm-hmm. um, especially as a coach and we're supposed to be professional and we're supposed to be our best selves and we're always great. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I feel like, um, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but I guess success with coaching was, yeah, yeah it, it's kind of tough when, like, I just, to me, I just was like, listen, I've tried this coaching for so long and it taught me a lot of amazing lessons about myself. Uh, you know, let's pivot and let's try to run a business and see how this works and run an event, event place in, in private health center. Um, and that has been wildly challenging too, but, uh, yeah. yeah thanks for sharing that. And thanks for giving me the, the, the time to share myself too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's tough. Like, especially if you're, you're the only one doing it, like, you know, the solopreneur in life, that's, it's really, it can be isolating at times and it's tough, but yeah. yeah and I completely know what you're saying. Like you have to be on your, on your shit a hundred percent or they'll, or they notice. Um, and then you said it's draining too. And it's, it's actually an interesting thing. It happened Tuesday. I had six calls Tuesday, back, 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 back. And they're all like hour longs. And I was like, fuck. I'm going to be so drained by the end of this. I'm going to be so tired. Um, but each time, like, and this is, this is why I think that I really am like supposed to be doing this is because initially, like I would usually identify as an introvert, you know, who gets drained from talking to other people. But at the end of every call, I was just lit up. I was just like, Oh yes. Like I'm energized. This feels great. (laughs) And same thing with like going to like networking events. Like normally I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to do that. But during, after, I'm just like on fire. Hmm. And then, yeah, after the, after the last call, it was like six of the day. It was like ended at 8 p.m. And like, it was just a really good call. He like had, it was our first, my first call with this guy. And like got him from like really just like not a good place to feeling really good. And I got off the call and I was just like kind of buzzing. And like, I go to the other room and talk to my girlfriend. I'm just like, I have all this energy. <laughs> She's like, it's like, whoa, what's going on? And so, yeah, it's like, it's funny. You'd think it would be draining and I would normally think it would be draining, but like in some of these instances, when I like really, I think when I'm able to really show up and like provide that really good service, then that also like somehow feeds back into my energy. Like I'm giving so much energy to them, but it's also like coming back to me, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I think that that is a really good, um, you know, something I always preach is connecting with our body, connecting with our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body and, and listening for these symptoms and, and how you, how the, the actions you take relate to how you feel and, and, you know, what you experience. And I think that that is a great way to show yourself like, Hey, this actually is what I love doing. Like I feel better after it. Um, you know, and that's not the case with everything, but yeah, you know, you're a good yeah. coach, so Appreciate you should it. stay and do that. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs>
Um, I hey, I know the feeling though. Like sometimes you have those coaching calls and you're just so amped up, and mm-hmm. like you're both amped up. You're like you hope your clients like the same amped up too, which most of the yeah. time they probably are. But afterwards, you're like, yes, I just I just nailed that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it does feel good because it's hard it sometimes, dude. Doing coaching calls is not easy. Yeah, like, it it can be. I mean, like I'm sure in those coaching calls, it, it is challenging sometimes to do some of the stuff. But afterwards, you kind of there's like a crescendo. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's like this rising action. You're like, okay, let's go kick ass. Like we're ending on a high yeah. note. Yeah, and definitely starting out too, because like how I initially got into coaching, I was just fitness, and so I just do like check ins. So it'd be really like surface level. Now, like hour-long calls like we're getting into the nitty-gritty we're getting into some deep shit like being able to hold that space that's like the next level and like there's a lot of times where i'm like in the in the beginning less now because i've you know with more experience you get better at it and you kind of just know to trust intuition i think is a big part of this um and so in the early days i was always just like oh fuck like what do i say now what do i say now i'm gonna fuck this up (laughs) And so that part was that part was initially draining, but like the more you yeah. do it and the more you again, like coming back to surrender, surrendering to like your your intuition, my intuition, knowing like whatever they say, not to you know, not to rush it, not to feel pressure to say something super quick, really sit with what they're saying. And sometimes just like maybe it's just like being quiet. And then they like fill that space with some another <laughs> breakthrough. So yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of witness that evolution of just doing check-ins and like being really surface level to now like really getting into that deep shit. And then the, the level of transformation is just night and day. It's so much more fulfilling for me to really, really like, not only are we like now nailing down all these like physical and mental like health things, but also like getting into that spiritual, getting into more, just like the deeper shit. It's just, it's just super cool. Yeah, it's really important, and it's actually been cool to see you kind of transform from that. I remember, the, like when we first met, you were doing like just the check the check ins and stuff like that. And yeah. I always have like I, I personally could never do something like that. Um, not that it's a it's de- like down downplaying or anything. I just never really like that style of like exercise coaching. I love exercise mm-hmm. coaching, but I, I love it in person. I can't do it like online or things like that. Yeah. Um, it's just different, but, um, okay. I want to talk about something and I'm, I'm, I want to ask you about this and it's just gonna be on podcast. Cause I think a lot of people will benefit from this. Cool. Tell me about boron. Boron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go. Nothing boring about boron. There's Nothing. so many, so many good things, but the main thing is like how it acts on testosterone. Okay. But hold on. Hold on. What is it? Like, what is boron? It's, I think it's just like a mineral, like it's a, or maybe it's, a, even it's like a salt. It's a salt. It, yeah. It, it comes from a salt, right? Something like that. I'm not yeah. entirely sure of like the origins. Right, cool. I just know like what it does. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> but yeah. So like the huge, the big thing is how it acts on testosterone. So a lot of times like to back up, um, people will get their testosterone tested and usually they might just do like total testosterone, which is like the total amount of testosterone that's you know floating around in your body. But there's two other things that are important, a lot more other things that are important, but let's just focus on these two. And that's free testosterone. And then there's SHBG. And so SHBG is sex hormone binding globulin. And that is what kind of binds to some of the total and renders it inactive. And so that's why your free testosterone might be low. So this is where boron comes in, where it essentially, and I don't think the studies even like really know 
like at exactly what it does, but they say like, this is what we think. This is what we conclude. Yeah. Uh, boron lower increases free testosterone because it's able to lower SHBG. So more testosterone can be unbound and therefore, you know, free testosterone goes up and that's the actual testosterone that your body can kind of use. And that's, you know, if your totals, you know, in good ranges, but your freeze like on the floor, then that you're going to have issues. So yeah. it's looking at not only total, but also free NSHBG. If we're just kind of, if we just want to look at those three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I heard, I saw a few posts about boron and like how it used to be used a lot to like treat different types of ailments and things like that in like alternative medicine. And then they kind of like outlawed it somehow. Like they just like stopped like people from using it. It was really interesting. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Something works really well. Like, oh and it's yeah, we cheap get and it. it's like everywhere. <laughs> it is super cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just, I, I need to mess around and get some. I actually was yeah, just so reading. The, the caveat though is you kind of have to take it it's kind of like in a dosing protocol. So like, and this, and this is what the study show. If anyone wants to watch or look or read, or if you want to just Google, like nothing boring about boron PubMed and the study should show up. Okay, cool. Um, and the kind of drawback is if you take it for too long, it also increases your estradiol, which okay. you don't want that being too high. Um, so usually what I like to do is like two weeks on two weeks off initially. So maybe do that like, you know, nine, nine ish milligrams for the two weeks and then, you know, take it off and then you can just kind of go to a maintenance dose of three milligrams. Do you have any, do you have any like people or resources that you trust on boron? So anybody like, like Huberman or Mark Sisson or people like that? Um, <clears throat> like who talk about it? Yeah. You know, like, cause some people just won't, some people don't know how to read. Uh, like PubMed articles. So is there right. anybody that kind of synthesized this? It's okay if you don't either way. Yeah. I don't think can... I, I mean, I learned from my mentorship. I learned from Jake, Jake Carter. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure if you want to learn more about boron, you can look that study up and then yeah, I'm sure it's actually, find... it's, it's a good study. It's, it's pretty easy to read too. They like okay, cool. find it out pretty like plain. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that's boron. Um, yeah. I just, you, you talk about it sometimes and I've heard other I people do, yeah. talk about it. Yeah. It's like one of the things that gets a lot of, I'll talk, I'll talk about it. And it's one of the things that gets like the most engagement. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this weird thing. People's like, I've heard of that before. It's on the periodic right. table, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's the B one. It's the B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. I was actually just, uh, for our newsletter, I just, um, was looking up some, some articles and I found stuff about sodium bicarbonate and like, it's. It's uh, how you can use it as like an exercise supplement uh, for maybe longer bouts of exercise. Okay, um, yeah. It's just, it's just interesting. Um, cool stuff, yeah. cool stuff. Supplements, man. Yeah, uh, yeah man. Um, okay, let me look at this. Let me look at these. <clears throat> what, what is something that you have changed your mind on recently? Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> it's hard to think of, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's, a, that's a good question. Change my mind. Uh, give me a, can you give me like a realm of thought maybe? I don't know. Um, narrow it down. I don't know. I just always thought it was an interesting question. It gets a little hard it to is. come up with it on the spot. 
Yeah. Come on, Mark. <laughs> pressure. Uh, pressure doesn't yeah. help. Pressure doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all blank. Negative punishment. Yeah. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. I just find it interesting to ask that question to people because. Like it, it does, it is a very thought provoking kind of question. It does make you kind of like, oh shit, what is like something that, you know, I like really had to like dial back on. Um, hmm. I don't know. How about this? How about I'll share mine? Uh, yeah. and I don't even know if this is a thing. Uh, something that I have changed my mind on. I, I don't know if I've necessarily changed my mind on it, but I have learned that like, I need to be a little bit sterner in conversations in, in, in my business. So I deal with a lot of different people and like suppliers and, um, you know, just people in relation to my business. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that like when push comes to shove, like it doesn't really help me to be all nice and dandy. Like I can be nice. I can be courteous. I can be respectful, but I also can, you know, call people out when, when shit is going wrong. And like, it's, it's okay to like express that aspect of me. And actually now I know something that I can actually speak about that. I have changed my mind on recently. Now that I think about that, um, something that I have done, and this is, I guess it's sort of, sort of the thing. Something that I've done is I, I've learned to like trust my intuition more. So if I'm mm -hmm. ever in a situation and it's mainly around this, 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 uh, this uh, topic of this aspect, I don't know, whatever, uh, is more around me speaking up in conversations. And like, if I, I tend to micromanage and that term has a negative, a negative connotation and there's definitely negative aspects of how I express that. But I think it's a superpower of mine. I like, I like optimizing the customer experience, whether that's at the Sapien center, whether that's in my hockey team and whether that's, you know, in all these different aspects, I will, I like to speak up for people who maybe aren't, or who, who maybe don't want to ask questions and things like that. Um, and I've just learned that when I, when I think of something like that and then I don't trust and then I don't say anything, it, it ends, it comes down the line to bite me in the ass. And I'm like, fuck, man, like I thought of that. I should have just said something and, and we could have prevented mm -hmm. all this from happening. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Anything, anything like that. that like you I kinda... mean, yeah, that, that one lands for me pretty well too. Cause like I, feel like I've kind of got a people pleasing background of like not, not speaking up in the fear of like making someone upset. Yeah. But like, same thing for you, like that ends up coming back around and maybe hurting everyone involved or like coming back to like the coaching example, like something's coming up specifically is when I was really able to just like call this dude out on his bullshit. And then ever since that, he's been like, you know, way better because of it. Cause I was able to stand in that ground of like, all right, I'm going to say this is going to be uncomfortable. You might, it might feel bad for you to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I know like that's calling for forward. You're like higher self. You're acting like more in your lower self energy of like not being consistent, you know, not doing the things that I tell you to do. Like, why the fuck are you doing that? Like, why can't you do all this stuff that you told me in the beginning that you wanted to do? And just really like standing in that like that calm, grounded, strong energy, and just like telling them how it is. And like when yeah. I was able to do that, like so much positive came from that. And then I've been able to you know carry that 
more into my coaching and, you know, have that energy of like, look, you told me you're going to do this. You're not doing this shit. Why the fuck is this happening? Right. Yeah. Let's, let's get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And it's powerful because it's like, let's, it, it, it all kind of, it, you know, it's all, all of that love, all of that, um, expression is based around like this, this goal that maybe you guys have set out to. So like in my business, it's, it's, you know, doing this with nose tail or doing this with the Sapien center in your business. It's more of like helping your clients achieve this goal or right. several goals that they kind of, you kind of pre-stated right in the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, where they want to go. You, you know, in the conversations, you know what they're, that they've been shooting for. And, you know, you kind of realize in the call, I'm sure, you know, you've had these thoughts where it's like, man, like, you kind of get the inkling of like, I should say something. You're like, well, yeah. you know, he's talking right now and you know, the call's going to end soon and I don't really want to bring this up. We could, you know, it might be better mm -hmm. not to bring it up. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, just like challenging. It's like the challenge. It's like, dude, like, yeah. what are you doing? And it's this, um, like this huge, like, and it's, it's being that masculine force of just like sitting them down and fucking giving it to them a little bit yeah. and like stop being like such a little bitch. Like you are acting like not what you want to be and you're, and then it's cascading and it's work and it's doing and doing. And then when you set that tone, like, like you said, it like, I don't know if it's necessary. It serves both parts. It's him kind of being afraid of that confrontation again, but mm -hmm. it's that, that stress of that, I'm sure when you called this person out, he was shitting his pants and he was like, not only because you were expressing that to him, but you, it was true. Like the thing yeah. you were saying was true. And he's like, mm -hmm. I know. And, and he's probably had those thoughts, right? Like he probably, he probably like knew some of that stuff was very true in himself. And then like later down in like a week or days later, you know, something's going to come up where he has the decision to make something optimal and this uh, suboptimal decision. And he's like, like, you know, he probably get you that stress kind of lingers in the back of his brain. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, I, I don't want to do that again. And like, I, I realize that this is the better decision for me. Yeah. Um, it's powerful, man. Those, yeah, those, no, he, those type he, of conversations, they, they carry a lot of weight. Yeah. He literally was like, yeah, I don't ever want to have this conversation again. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so he's been like way more on point ever since then, which is cool. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you said, the masculine, you know, that masculine energy of just like, you got to do this. Like what, like what's going on? Like, yeah, I don't like to use a language like in talking to clients, like stop being a bitch, but like, essentially that's what it is. Like, yeah. on. you said you were going to do this. Why are you not doing this? Yeah. You have everything that you need to do it. Let's go. <laughs> sometimes you just need a little bit of that. Like, you know, Come on, let's go. Yeah, you need you need someone to like shove you down, shove you the right way. Like I actually, um, I was catching up with some friends, and I was asking how one of uh, maybe a more distant friend that I haven't really caught up with, and I'm like, hey, how's he doing? And my friend was like, oh man, he's doing really well. He's doing this, this, and this. He's doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, holy crap, man, that was a complete turnaround. Like in college, this guy was very lazy laid around a lot just didn't do didn't do a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. you know probably was suffering from like depression and just a lower state of being and i what i found out after digging you know very very easily was that in in this conversation was that his his uncle he kind of like his uncle who um 
I don't want to give too many details away. Um, we we ha- I met his uncle once. His uncle is this badass dude, and who <clears> had a lot of like very good qualities. And it seemed like he kind of took him under his wing a little bit and kind of just like pushed him and was like, we're waking up in the morning. We're doing this. Probably had him exercising, probably had him socializing. And like now he's killing it. Like he's su- yeah. he's very successful right now. Um, and unfortunately, I, I need to follow up with him, but I, I don't see it. He doesn't do anything on social media, so I don't really see it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, bastard. But I've <laughs> <laughs> started sharing more. Um, yeah, man, like it takes, especially for men, um, you know, it's probably pretty different with women, like women and women coaching each other. It's definitely a different aspect. I wouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert in that, but, um, yeah, man, that challenge, um, especially is, and it doesn't have to be someone that's older than you. It's just someone that is maybe long down, down the line a little bit more than you in in some Mm -hmm. aspect of your life that you want to achieve. It's kind of like a a mentorship, right? It's coaching. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think. Mm. That's huge. Yeah, definitely for men, like having that leader, that role model to look up to. And I think probably a lot of like guys our age, maybe we're missing that. Um, I mean, depends on like how your father was, but the, the, the stereotype is what like dad went to work and he like put food on the table and all that stuff. But he was maybe he wasn't the best like leader in terms of like teaching you how to be how to be a man. And so I feel like a lot of that is is kind of missing today. That like role model, that leadership. Yeah. How do you how do you think guys like you know in their twenties? How how do you how do they get that? How do they get the leadership? Yeah. Like what what can they do? Yeah, I think that's like that's why some of these like um, figures in the media are so popular. Like you think about like Andrew Tate, like he's blowing up. But he, I don't think he's a good, like, role model in terms of, like, masculinity or leadership. Some of the things he says are interesting. But I think that's why he's gotten so popular is because there's that void. And they're like, and that's what I think maybe younger guys or some guys maybe in our age, like, look, look to that. and like, oh, yeah, like, that's it. He's um, very convincing and he's interesting to listen to. I, I agree with you. He says some pretty appalling stuff around women. Yeah. Um, and, and, I also, and that's, I, he, that, yeah, go ahead. That's, that's the thing too, though. Like in this day and age, like I'm, I try to practice this as much as possible. Like both sides having that balance of like, yeah, Andrew Tate, like he can be a fuckhead sometimes. He can say some stupid shit, but also some, some of the things he says is like, like about exiting the matrix, exiting the matrix is like, oh, that's cool. So being a human, having both of those like viewpoints and being okay with that and not just being like, he said this one thing, so I hate him. He's a terrible person. Everything he says is invalid. Same thing with like politics. Like if a guy's a Republican and he says this one thing, everything else he says is invalid because he has this one view because he's labeled this one specific way. This is the thing that I like don't like about the world today the most is like this, this just crazy duality of like you take one thing that one person says or does or whatever and they are pigeonholed in that forever when in reality they're human they are very nuanced the things they talk about are very nuanced and yeah that's it just kind of it just bothers me (laughs) yeah and i think you lose all of that when you don't actually meet people in person meaning like if you actually 
you know, let's say Andrew Tate says, let's just go on this riff because we're yeah. talking about him. Let's say he says this crazy thing about how like he believes like women are the man's property. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. In, in today's, in today's world, like you take that snippet and that's Andrew Tate to you and you can mm -hmm. do whatever you want with that. Right. But like, if you were in a room with him, if you were, if let's say we were like a hundred years ago, it, the only real way you really could meet Andrew Tate is like by, you know, you, you could, you could hear about him in like a newspaper or something like that, but you wouldn't like, if you actually wanted to talk with Andrew Tate, you would have to meet him face to face. That would really be the only way that you could actually see yeah. him. Whereas now we can see all, we can, I can watch a five hour video of Andrew Tate, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I really can like see him. Um, but like you would, un you'd be able to question him. You'd be like, okay, but like, what do you mean by that? Like right. go into this more. And you know, he says a lot of shitty things, but just on that point specifically, like he kind of makes some interesting nuances where he's not like, yeah, I'm going to like put a woman on a chain and, and that sort of stuff. Still not stuff I agree with, but mm -hmm. like, it's not this duality of like, like you said, like, it's not like this most agree, you, you get this one little snippet and he's like this awful thing and everything else he says is crazy. Um, I'm sure me and you have some kind of wacky ideas too, that yeah. like, it, you know, if we express, you'd be like, oh my God, this guy's like an awful person and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, it's just one aspect, right? There's yeah. like millions of different things that I could have other opinions on too. And mm -hmm. I like personally not, I mean, to get into politics, I'm, I'm bringing it up. So we're going to get into it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's just like that. I, I personally just think that American politics, because we only have two parties, like makes it, it's designed that way, but it like makes, it makes it so much worse because like, I think it was in when Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton in 2016 ran against each other was the first time that people voted. Like n they voted because they didn't like the other mm. person. Right. Where, where it usually wasn't like that. People, people did still vote like that. I want to say like in the past elections, it was usually like 20 or 30% of the populace who voted, voted for a candidate because they didn't like the other person. Whereas during that election and then in the subsequent elections, it's, it's for that reason, like yeah. mainly now it almost completely mm -hmm. flip flopped. Um, because we only have a duality. If you had one other option, then you wouldn't, then you would actually have to think it's not, I don't like Donald Trump. So I pick. The, uh, the other, there's only one answer in, if you had three people, then you okay. I don't like Donald Trump, but now I have to decide between these two people. And it actually makes mm -hmm. you think, and it actually makes you like engage in conversation around these ideas because you can't just blindly pick someone, right? You don't have to think yeah. about it. If you don't like Donald Trump, you just pick the other person. If you don't like mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, you just pick the other person. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, and then you can, you can kind of go down the rabbit holes of like, you said it's it's on purpose. It's supposed to be that way, and I I believe that. Like people say that the system's broken, but I think it's working exactly how it is designed to. Yeah. Like the two parties, you only have two choices, but they're all like, if you go further up, they're all yeah. they connect. They connect up here, so they're kind of the same. It's yeah. just like down here, they're a little bit different, but you know, yeah. If you look at it, you zoom out a little bit, and you understand like, okay, it's all just kind of a game. They're the same. They like answer to the same like corporations the money and, and the money, money above. like yeah exactly like yeah it's the same yeah shit. i mean there are definitely like candidates and people that are getting away from that like grassroots people like tulsi gabbard's one that comes to my mind instantly andrew yang's another one too um but you know 
I don't necessarily know if you're ever really going to get away from it that much because they, because these super PACs, because these, maybe not super PACs, yeah. that's not the best example. But personally, I just think if you had three, if we were in the same exact thing and you just had three options, it would, it would vastly change mm-hmm. the um, uh, politics and how American politics goes throughout the world because you have to, you have to actually think. You have yeah. to actually decide between people. You can't just blindly just not pick this person. Yeah, because yeah, that third option is crucial because it's not just like this or this. It's like this and this or this. Like, yeah, it exactly. makes it. You know, it brings. I think it brings the nuance back to like that decision. Whether now it's just you know complete duality. There's no yeah. nuance. Yeah, which there should be, and I think there's there's still opportunity for. But the average person is ignoring that nuance and just going this way or this way. So yeah, no, I yeah. agree. But again, like. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm like a Nile pessimistic or. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Know. I don't know. There are definitely some people that are like trying to get it started. It's just tough. I think, I think what, what needs to happen and, and it's just like American, um, like law and politics that really kind of gatekeeps it. But I remember, um, I think it was the last election. I think it was Brett Weinstein or Eric Weinstein started that like third party. And if you get 5%, of the votes, then you like are recognized. And that's kind of the goal. The yeah. goal isn't to win right away, but to get 5% of the votes so that you are then like in the next election, you are, yeah. the, you are like in all of it. Essentially yeah. there is now a third party kind of in, in the realm. It's not like, like you never get like the green party at, um, and you get money too. And like, you never see the green party at like, uh, debates because they aren't kind of mm-hmm. making that standard. I don't know. Yeah. No, not yeah, my, not it. my specialty, but <laughs> yeah, neither, neither mine. That's, yeah, yeah, it's that's... All right. <laughs> but, but this is the beauty of having podcasts where we can yeah, share opinions go wherever the hell we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, brother. Well, this was fun. Um, yeah. I know, you know, like I, you know, I've been looking you know, now that I'm not a coach, I have to find coaches that I can recommend people to. And I would love yeah. to sh- give people, share people your way. So, um, you know, maybe sh- share, um, I know you're really big on Instagram, but if there's any other platforms you've been, you've been loving or anything like that. Um, and then I can link any links you want in the bio. So just share yeah. that and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Most of it is just over on Instagram at Mark Holman health. Um, and so the program that I run, it's called revival. Um, and I guess I can give the kind of spiel there. It's like yeah. the way we, the way I do it is there's four pillars. And so the first pillar is like a blood work analysis. So that's, you know, you go out, get your bloods. And then also there's like over a hundred biofeedback markers. So that's looking at like things like your nails, like your nose, your eyes, all these things that are really cool. And then add on the blood work to really get a good picture of what's going on for that individual. So like, and then from that creating a really specific protocol, that I call like the peak performance protocol that's based on everything that we figure out that's based on their physiology in order to kind of get them to that peak, you know, wherever they're wanting to go, whether it be, you know, a stronger physique, more confidence or more energy. Those are the three kind of results that I kind of look to, to bring. And so the protocol, it's like the training, nutrition, supplementation, lifestyle, not only optimizing like your health, but then through your health, optimizing your life. And then third pillar would be like breakthrough sessions is what I'm calling, what I call them. And that's like the one-on-ones. So like whatever is coming up for them, we dive in, we go deep and we figure out like, what are the limitations that are stopping you from being where you want to be and start like picking away at those, creating more awareness so that they can 
move through because like if you have a protocol and it's perfect even though that doesn't exist if you're not doing it if you're not like doing it to the best of your ability then what is it really worth that's yeah. it's not worth that much if you're not implementing it and then pillar four just kind of wraps it all together it's like accountability so you know the check-ins uh just if there's any questions that come up bouncing them off and just yeah. like being that yeah just being that like kind of what we were talking about that masculine energy of just like this is what you said you did or this is what you say you were going to do did you do it and if you didn't why the fuck didn't you do it yeah and then that that kind of wraps it all together so those are the four pillars that i work in um programs called revival and so the idea is like you know you have all these like and then tying in life on chains so you have all these chains you come in with all these chains we cut the chains we revive and then we live life on chain dope brother um so I'm guessing if people just go to your Instagram, there's probably a link in your bio that can lead people to do what? Yeah. So there's a few things in the link, um, but I can share the link of the brochure video that kind of just explains kind of everything it goes from okay. start to finish. Does it, like, it, I'm guessing it tells them to like sign up for something or a yeah. call or email. Yeah. Or yeah. Email. Yeah. So at the end it would be like sign up for a call. Um, to then figure out, you know, if they would be a good fit to work together. And if that even like, if I can even help them with what they're trying to achieve. Okay. Who, who is, who is this program for? Yeah. So it's for men, obviously who are kind of lacking in those, those three areas. Like maybe they don't have the best physique. They might be struggling with their energy, maybe feeling some burnout and because of all those things, not feeling the most confident. So people who guys who want to increase all those areas, maybe who are doing pretty good in their business or in their career, have a pretty solid career, but there's things that are, that are lacking maybe with their, you know, their energy, their confidence and their physique that they want to improve. So like a lot of the times I think of like, you know, guys doing well in their career, but everything else is kind of average and bringing every, bringing all the other stuff up to, you know, above average, yeah. getting to like excellent. Yeah. And then also like, I really like how you said like that first, um, that first law, the chain heal, like yeah. kind of focusing on that. And, you know, I, it, it seems like, and this is how I did my coaching too, is like, you do all these quantitative analyses that like, you know, they, they do take a good amount of time and energy in the very beginning, but then you really don't have to do them for a long time. Then you set your goals, right? And you kind of get these baselines. Okay. Where do you want to go? And then you kind of figure out, okay, how do I, how do I take this dive or what is the best way to kind of get this mental, emotional kind of coaching in? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and that just takes skill that takes time and you've been doing this for a while. So, um, and I know the training and the mentors that you've had and you know, it's, it's very necessary work because, um, like we are, we are our worst enemies. We are the people that hold us back the most. We are the mm -hmm. people that make all the decisions for ourselves. Um, there might be external situations, but it's all how you internally react to that, how you perceive that. Um, and it's good that you're kind of working on that as like one of the main things kind of in the very beginning in order to actually allow people to step into their higher mm -hmm. beings, to step into these habits, to step into these processes that they, you know, will achieve to reach their ultimate goals. Yeah, definitely, man. It's been, it's been a ride for sure. And so it's really cool to not only like have that skill set, but also the kind of transformations that you're able to kind of facilitate. And it's not even like 
all I'm doing is kind of just asking questions. Really, all the work that is being done is like from the client, from them. So yeah, it's been super yeah. cool. Yeah, well, that's really important, right? Like where yeah. the questions are what kind of what make people think 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 about it, right? So mm-hmm. awesome, brother. Um, well, Mark lives in Austin, Texas, and we're gonna be hanging out a lot. We might could be going to take a nice little dip in uh, Barton Springs. It's actually really interesting in the winter because it's cold outside. Like I went the other yeah. day and it was like. 40 degrees outside and it was freezing. You get in the water and it's like, this is a little warm. It's not, it's not a hot tub, but it's, you know, yeah. it's not cold in, in the, in the summer, it's like 110 degrees here and you jump yeah, in and it's, it's like, freezing. Oh, it's so cold. This is amazing. And then you yeah. go in the winter and it's like, you want to be in the water. <laughs> mm, nice. Well, yeah, dude, I'm excited. Let's do that. Yeah, cool, brother. All right, I've been guys. Taking, I've been taking the cold shower. Sorry. You can cut it. Yeah. Yes. No, no worries. You get same dude. I just, I've been doing them like, so today's the 19th. I think I've missed, I think I've missed two days. I've nice. been trying to like do it within the first 10 minutes. Um, yeah, dude, I feel so good after them. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I've been doing it the, the, the opposite way. I think we talked about it. Like, Oh yeah, that's getting right. Sunlight first, watching the sunrise. If I, you know, get out there for the sunrise time, which isn't even that early at seven thirty. Um, I know that's a shitty dude. Living west in a time zone is a total bad biohack. It is not a good biohack. At yeah. least it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's like society, turn and time. It's all made up. But like, <laughs> yeah. it's late here. Like I wake mm-hmm. up and it's like the sun doesn't rise until like seven thirty. It's like fuck, man, kind of like. No, like, it's like, oh, I wish I could wake up at 6.30. Well, it's like, well, just, like, get your day started a little later. Like, yeah. you know, you know, there's society requirements and things like that. But, yeah, yeah, like, sometimes I wake up at, like, 6.30, and I'm like, so uh, how long do I have to wait for the sun? <laughs> right, yeah. I'm, I don't have that problem. I'm, like, 7.30. That's a great time for me to wake up. I'm no, like, yeah. No, it is. Same. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, cool, brother. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I will link to Mark's uh, promotional video down at the bottom. I'll link to his Instagram so you guys can check on that. Uh, yeah, buddy, we're back on the podcast ride. So hopefully I can get one of these guys out to you, <clears throat> out to you every single week, and we'll do it. So thanks for, thanks for being here, Mark. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Cool.